Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of I knew it. Internet delay throws us off, but that's okay. So uh, a little bit tougher to do online. Yeah, a little bit tougher to do online. So uh, a little bit of uh, groupy feel here because we became fans of uh, of our guest here back when she was first getting started. I think maybe you were like five or six episodes into your podcast. And, uh, we, we, uh, the, the way we found it is James actually found it. We, we figured out that, Oh, look, our own podcast is on iTunes. <laughs> we figured out how to do that. And then it said, check out this one. If you like your podcast, check out this one. And we checked out Melina's podcast and we've been hooked ever since. So, uh, Miss Melina Palmer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me and thanks for listening for all these many, many weeks. Yeah, you've been, oh my gosh, you've been kicking some butt. Like I know a lot about you. I think I know more uh, about you than, than most of our listeners do, but we talk you up all the time on our show because <laughs> we learn so much from you. So, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. Um, so if you guys don't know, Melina has a podcast called The Brainy Biz and it's on behavioral economics. So before I even get tongue-tied, Melina, what the heck is that? <laughs> I know, right? It's a, it's a great field with a terrible name, but uh, <laughs> behavioral economics, I like to say, is essentially if uh, traditional economics and psychology had a baby, we would have behavioral economics. And essentially, the field came about because traditional economics assumed logical people making rational choices. And uh, it's not really the world that we live in. And so over time, the models that are created by economics have proven to not be really accurate in predicting behavior of what people are actually going to do. We know what they should do, but Mm -hmm. that's not what we often do because emotions and all sorts of other items come into play. And so over time, psychologists and economists have started working together or stepping into one another's fields and looking for these common trends and threads and whatever might actually be underlying in the way that the brain actually makes decisions to help to predict behavior. And what has been found that we might be illogical creatures, but we are very, very predictable. And this can be incorporated into business, which is what I talk about on the Brainy Business podcast. Which is immensely important. I mean, we have people that are trying to book Facebook ads out there. They're trying to put their products on a shelf. They're trying to get their own personal message out. And let's be honest, most of us do like a piss poor job of getting our message out because we don't, we know what we want per se. And sometimes we don't even know that. And, you know, then trying to communicate it to somebody else is totally difficult. Like, how did you decide to even get into this field? Like, what sparked in your mind that said, ooh, behavioral economics? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it did take some convincing, like I said, in the, the name of the field when I finally found it, that that was the right place for me. My undergraduate degree is in business administration with a focus in marketing. And I, in the you know last class, one, it was just like one section of one book, just one little thing that was talking about consumer buying behavior. And I was immediately just hooked and mesmerized and thought it was fascinating and I knew in that moment that when I went back to get a master's, I wasn't going to want an MBA, but this master's in behavioral psychology, whatever that was, was what I was more interested in. And so I started reaching out to a bunch of universities over for the better part of 10 years and got the answer that was basically, we don't have that. That's not a program that exists. Uh, you could make one if you want, <laughs> to which said, well, no, I don't need to pay you if I know what I need to learn, right? That's silly. So I uh, was working in marketing and branding and doing um, different programs in innovation and other areas and continually learning and uh, trying to incorporate some of this into my work and being more thoughtful than a lot of marketers maybe were. And in one of these events I was at, they brought in some people from the Center for Advanced Hindsight at Duke University. What does that mean? That's a, that's a lot of big words. <laughs> Ad advanced Hindsight, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's essentially their um, behavioral economics, human behavior space. Uh, so they were at this event and they were talking about some of the studies they had done and the research they were doing. And I just had this, you know, total geek out. Oh my gosh, this is it. <laughs> this is the thing I've been looking for for 10 years and had talked with them and they said it was called behavioral economics. And I thought, Ooh, but uh, <laughs> realized, you know, it was the right space for me and what I was looking for. So I found a program so I could get my master's and focus on my consulting and everything and found there was this huge gap. It's a, it's a very new field, and, but I figured there were, you know, some people in this sort of marketing, business, branding, messaging and behavior space. And it was really just lacking, which is where the podcast came from and the public speaking and all the work that I do now. So how does, how does someone go from deciding that she wants to get a degree in something that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah. and, you know, turn around and jump full force into having her own business? What, what, were, you, what were you thinking? How'd you do that? Why, why, why leave corporate America and do your own thing in something that doesn't exist yet? <laughs> <laughs> I have a very supportive husband. <laughs> Check. Uh, like, uh, it, in point of fact, you know, it was the right time for a whole host of reasons. And I, I knew that this was the future and it was a space. And I, I did truly have a very unique opportunity to leave where we were going to move to a new location as in I was my husband, now husband and I <laughs> were, were moving and being able to absorb the cost because we were moving to a, a out of downtown Seattle into a suburb and being able to really take that on to where I could fully focus on the master's program and looking at all of what this would be. And while I was doing consulting throughout that space, really had an opportunity to make it to where 
I could be finding what the need was and not feeling this pressure to take every job that came my way, but really to be finding the right work and what people were needing and what was out there and working on building all of this from, <laughs> from nothing. So I guess, um, yeah, it truly is a supportive husband, right time, and just something I am passionate about and found that it's, I do have a unique perspective in the market. And I know, I know you uh, bros know because of listening to the podcast and inter interacting on social media, but you know, I've had the Texas A&M human behavior lab reach out because they love it. And different people who are studying behavioral economics around the world in, uh, you know, South Africa and Spain and Portugal and India, you know, people reaching out because it's just this unique ability to take what's in these dense research studies and pick out the nuggets of what matters and help people to get this from uh, academia into application, which is my real goal. So just sort of all worked out, I guess. <laughs> well, you have this really great gift of taking these complicated subjects and making them like, you know, a spoonful of sugar that you can really take down pretty easily. Yeah. Um, how much time goes into one of your episodes, you know, because there's a lot of people who are out there saying, you know, you want to get your message out there, you got to build a, you put out a podcast, put out a podcast, the whole reason why we started a podcast. But I've told you this, you know, when we met in person, I told you, you know, when we put out a podcast, we had no direction of where we were going. But you can really tell when I listen to your podcast, there is so much prep that goes into it and your content is so valuable because of that prep. What were you thinking and why, why a podcast and dedicating that much time? It is, um, it is a lot of time. I do my best to um, work it down a little bit as I'm getting more familiar with the structure of my own episodes and what's resonating and whatnot. I have actually, so episode 40 is coming out this week. I know that my, so my podcast started before yours, but because I go weekly and you guys are daily, you know, we, you quickly have surpassed me in your episode numbers, but we've been around for about the same amount of time. So episode 40 and, and I've been a little bit, um, most of my episodes at the beginning were all like right around that hour mark, 55 mm -hmm. minutes. And I'm giving more space to allow it to be done <laughs> in a little bit less, you know, 37 minutes maybe on some of these. But I just am willing to dedicate the time that's needed to address the concept. And what's really fun for me is I'm able to figure out what my thoughts even are on some of these concepts. They're so new in so many ways, there just, there isn't a lot of research. I, one of my, um, a recent one on nudges and understanding mapping, and I had sent it along to my virtual assistant and asked her to do the email. And she said, um, I can't really find anything else about what this is, <laughs> and how to explain it in a different way, instead of going through my script, you know, which is great. I love being able to do that. So it's really helpful as being a foundation for as I'm working on a book, which I know I've talked with you guys about and my public speaking and just my voice and what I'm presenting, forcing myself to come out with new content on a weekly basis and new thoughts in this emerging field when it is my goal to be a thought leader is really valuable. And I've been finding that people 
find me through the podcast in the same way you had either searching for behavioral economics or it's recommended or however that works out. So while the episodes take me just in creating the content to answer the first part of your question, I spend between probably on average eight and 10 hours per episode on just creating and recording the script and getting it set out. And then the editors work on it. And then I have to do the review and social media and promotion and all that takes more time. Yeah. But yes, it is, it is a lot of time, but I knew the importance of the consistency and having to show it's been such best decision I ever made. It's not the right decision for everyone and it takes time. You have to be willing to do it. I talk a lot about consistency and I knew that I was committing to this doing this every week, no matter what, I will never miss. It always comes out on Friday. Even if I'm up and until, you know, midnight every day over a week or, or whatever it is. And you can't give that dedication to every pro- possible avenue that you could be in. You have to pick the one that's right for you and put the effort there and then you can dabble in other things. But yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, you said a couple things there. One was consistency. <laughs> Talk about by now, you know, I, I, I took a big mouthful when I said I would do this every day. <laughs> <laughs> And it is not the easiest thing to do every day, but you know, we've been consistent knock on wood. We're going to try to keep it up as long, as long as possible. Um, so consistency is key. But the other thing that you kind of grazed over a little bit was um, you kind of figuring out your thoughts on the whole process as you go. Right. And that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about our podcast is we literally sat down and talked about everything we were doing. And, and, and over that course, it was almost like a therapeutic thing um, where we're figuring out what direction we want to go in, what we're doing in our, in our insurance company and that sort of thing. Um, for you, however, you were also doing your master's at the same time. So what was it like, you know, getting really down and dirty with the content and trying to make it something that you can really present and yet use that in your master's program? How did that work out for you? It was complimentary and sometimes a little bit overwhelming, but you make it through. I'm very glad to be done, and the, but I'm continuing to learn so much. I guess the, the main difference now is I can choose what I want to be reading and researching versus being sort of forced into a curriculum to where if I'm having to read you know, 200 pages this week on something that's very specific and it's not correlated with the episodes that I'm working on right then, eh, too bad. <laughs> you yeah. just have to sort of, um, you know, make it, make it happen. So, uh, but it was great. It introduced me to a lot of different um, academic research papers and concepts that I was able to, that I've been using some of them already in the podcast, some episodes that I keep promising are coming. I have my own research that I had to do as a part of uh, obtaining my master's. That was sort of that final piece of having a research project and then working to get it published. So my white paper is coming out in a couple months, probably through the Filing Research Institute on helping people to save more and doing, you know, a follow-up study very likely here working on something with Texas A&M, which is really exciting. So it was totally worth it for the great connections and it's um, just finding the ways that I could make it overlap and all work is the, I guess the benefit of um, 
maybe it's how my brain works. I don't know. <laughs> Make it all, it, it's all great. I'm excited about all of it. And um, because I found the field that is my space, what I, whether it's the thing I was born to do or the thing I just love and create every day, it doesn't feel like work in the same way I think other jobs do. For there are time, I know that there are weeks where I'm working 80 hours a week or more. I don't even know because I'm always just churning through it. You know, you're just sort of always working, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels exciting. So it makes it a lot easier to, to do that. And I've been glad to hear from people that it shows in the podcast and the content that's coming out that people can tell that I just really love it, which is great. Yeah, for sure. You can totally tell that Uh, you're an entrepreneur. So your brain is never going to shut off. Um, how does your husband deal with you as you walk around the streets or the stores and you're reading content and marketing material and critiquing or adjusting or trying to give everybody a little bit of advice where they can benefit just a little bit? How's he dealing with that? I know that you know some of it because I've talked about it on the podcast and we've talked about it before, but I, I truly married a saint in many ways and he finds my idiosyncrasies to be <laughs> endearing, I guess, would be the, he, he's, he's more than happy to hold my purse or stop when I want to take a photo of something. And he actually was in that innovation program. We were in the same one back before we were even dating. We had been friends for a long time. And so he was there when the um, Center for Advanced Hindsight folks were presenting at this conference we were both at. And he's very strategic and and innovative in his own space. And he is so supportive of all of what I'm wanting to do. And when I say things like, I want to do for behavioral economics, what Susie Orman did for personal finance, and I'm just, I want to be and do all of it. He continually pushes me to think and be bigger, which is amazing. And so he's just the most supportive wonderful guy there is yeah well let's let's dabble on that your podcast has already gone deep and wide into the uh internet sphere um you've grabbed a lot of attention i already i mean i'm not huge on the academic world when it comes to behavioral economics but for me in the business world i resort i come back to your episodes over and over again for specific things just because when i'm thinking of putting something out especially right now my big thing is figuring out how to position myself as a lead gen for realtors because it's a lot of lenders doing a lot of things like that so i'm thinking of okay well how am i going to you know how should i say something how should i present something where what's the best way to do it and i use you as a big resource or your content as a big resource where do you see yourself in in academics or in business and where do you want to be you mentioned the Susie Orman thing um, which is cool because I got you on the podcast now. So when you blow up, <laughs> I got it first. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, but where do you see yourself now, and where where do you want to? Where are you heading? Is it more business sense? Is it more academic? I would say that it's a little bit of a hybrid, but more in the business sense. And, and as I said already on on the podcast here today, is that it's about I want to take the academia and I want to bring this field into application for business and for personal as well, but mostly for business for me is where I I want to be at and making it so all those academics that are doing just amazing 
wonderfully fascinating and important research to get them connected with corporations that are interested in applying and understanding how a business would use this information and either doing some of that research or using it as a foundation, talking about it on the podcast, getting more people to understand this field that it even exists and why and why they should know about it is, is really important to me. So, um, I'm definitely wanting to keep space to be working with small businesses. That's important to me and having some Avenue, whether it's through workshops and online courses and public speaking that I, I love being able to get in front of groups and tell them about all of this. And then the podcast being an Avenue books being a great Avenue for that. And then doing, you know, work for everyone from, you know, small companies up to large corporations. And what's really great about this field is the concepts all apply, whether you're selling candy bars or bleach or helping people to save or in real estate, or I do a lot of work with financial institutions, uh, state agencies, it doesn't really matter. The way that our brains make decisions are universal and it's about the concept versus the application. So there's always a way to incorporate this and up level and do some studies and, and just test different things, whether it brings in academic partners or it's just from my insight. What is a, what does an ideal client look like for you? Who, who are you looking to work with um, to, you know, people to get a hold of you and, and actually, you know, get things done with you? What, what, what does an ideal client look like for you? Uh, it feels like that's sort of a moving target. I have, <laughs> I have been getting a lot of interest from some very large corporate clients, which I love. I love the idea of being able to bring in the large, whether it's a soda manufacturer or healthcare or whatever it is. Um, but in the small business, there you, you need, it's not necessarily a specific number of sales or something along those lines, but really it's somebody who is, has either a marketing team or they're doing something marketing already. They have uh, work that they're able to do. A lot of my, while I do more than marketing, I do pricing and uh, product building and um, change management, all sorts of things, but you need the mechanism to be able to implement the stuff that I'm talking about and to be able to, to test and use it. So my space is to look at what you have and to make the recommendations for tweaks. And I can do that working with people in as little as, you know, we could do a one hour session of, Hey, I have this advertisement. What do you think we should, I should do? Is it brain friendly or do I need something or talking about website copy or pricing strategy? I do that a lot with small business clients and, you know, they can come in and do, like I said, a one hour or a couple hours worth of uh, strategy work and, and build it out. So, but it just really needs to be at a space where you have marketing initiatives of some kind and you're able to implement changes and then we can come back and look and see how they're, they're doing. So a little bit established and a little bit bigger is, is better, but really can work with, with any type of company. All right. So your recently, your most recent series on your podcast is on nudges. Yeah. Right. And I told you I would bring it up. Uh, you misspelled it. I know. Right? Oh, I know. Just it's the, when you expect error, you just, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. So the, 
as I know that you know. So this, this series is on nudges and choice architecture. And so it's how you structure a choice for people, how you, and we're presenting choices to people all the time. It's a choice to click play. It's a choice to subscribe to something. It's a, a choice to buy a service or to pick up the phone and call. There are just so many, so many choices. We're inundated all day. And the way that those choices are presented is choice architecture. And there are ways that we can put subtle nudges in place to help encourage people toward what's the best choice for them so they don't get too overwhelmed. I haven't mentioned this yet today. I'm sure you've talked about it on the podcast before when you've mentioned the stuff I talk about, but our subconscious brain makes 99% of decisions. It's able to process a ton of information. And so it's making choices on our behalf. So it's taking in about 11 million bits of information per second. Our conscious brain can only So, um, so yeah, I'll take a second for that to settle in. That's a big discrepancy yeah. between you. So being able to put these little markers in place that can nudge behavior, whether somebody recognizes it on a conscious level or not, talking about um, a really prime example of this from the book Nudge is being able to talk about like cafeteria food and where you place the desserts. So if you put the desserts at the front, um, and this was in school cafeterias, kids were 25% more likely to pick dessert. When you put it later in the line or in a completely separate line, the choice of dessert went down 25%. So a huge swing in behavior and same when French fries were at eye level, they were much more likely to be chosen. And when carrot sticks were at eye level, they were more likely to be chosen. So this influence of choice, these nudges towards healthy eating options can be really beneficial to people. And they don't even realize that it's influencing the way that they're making a choice. And so nudges is an acronym uh, and incentives, understanding mapping defaults, expecting error, give feedback, and uh, structuring complex choices is the way I did it, which sounds more like nudges versus nudges. (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't justify uh, talking about giving feedback before we talked about the errors that you're giving feedback on just didn't work. So, And you've been doing, again, you've been doing some tremendous work and you're such a valuable resource. If anyone wanted to reach out to you and, you know, get a hold of you, how do we get a hold of you? So you can either go to thebrainybusiness.com and click on the work with me tab. You can find me there and send, you know, fill out the form. I'm also always happy if you just prefer to send an email, you can email Melina at thebrainybusiness.com and you can find me on social media as the brainy biz everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and whatnot. By the way, you got a lot of free stuff that you give away on your podcast. How do I get free stuff if I wanted to get, if I wanted to grab that from you? I know I do far too many freebies, I think, but, um, never too much free. Free's great. Free's awesome. Uh, So I do free worksheets almost every week that accompany the episodes and anybody who subscribes to the brainy business, if you're on the email list, essentially you get, um, you could, there's a special secret free, uh, subscriber page that has all the freebies on it. I was seeing a lot of people who were going in and I was getting email notifications where I would say, 
James has downloaded episode nine, episode 11, episode 15, episode 12, <laughs> episode 37. <laughs> well, like, maybe the box is getting full of uh, alerts. And just seems uh, I should make it easier for people. So you're not having to fill out form after form. So I made this special page for for people to be able to get. And when you download any of the freebies, you get automatically added into that list. If you're in the States, you can just uh, text the word brainy, B-R-A-I-N-Y to 345-345 and you'll automatically be added to the list and you get a free copy of my ebook, the 10 behavioral economics concepts you need to know and how to apply them as a thank you. Can you tell I say that every single week? Yeah. <laughs> we have our scripted things. I was like, I've heard that before. Where have I heard that before? Right. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that 38 times already. <laughs> yeah. So just so our listeners know, your podcast comes out once a week, every Friday. Correct. Yes. Without fail. Every single Friday. Yes. And it's something like, you know, two o'clock in the morning here in the Seattle time zone. So, uh, but it's, you know, across the across the world and we have listeners in 120 countries right now so you're in good company if you come join the brainy business bandwagon awesome melina you've been rocking it out by the way you've had some uh if you guys also go to uh, melina's itunes page subscribe leave her a five-star rating and review she'll even mention you on the podcast on the podcast which is really really cool to hear uh melina say my name is well what business bros so we love that by the way i i love yes thank you and uh we stole that concept from you so we do that also we have people tag us for their completed transactions uh when they sell a home buy a home anything that uh seems reputable they can uh hashtag business bros and then we should give them a shout out and i was like that's that's what melina does if melina's doing it i need to be doing it too Well, thank you. And that's the concept of reciprocity, which uh, is the topic of episode 23 for anyone who's interested. How well do you have those things memorized? Like, you know exactly which episode is what number? I know most, I know most of them. There are some that sort of blend. I always mess up. I did um, herding and habits around the same time. And so I kind of get those mixed up. Those H's. Yeah, priming, and I always forget, but I know there are some that I reference all the time, and I will potentially never forget where they were. Like, the truth about pricing is episode five. I don't, and the, you know, top five wording mistakes businesses make is number two. And I talk about them so often and reference them. I don't know that I will ever forget, but I do a lot of tag backs in the episodes, as you know, from in the show notes, listening because the, field is so overlapping where one concept flows into another. So I like to kind of point them out. Yeah. And your show notes are so in depth. So, you know, I'm telling you, you guys (laughs) need to check out Melina's podcast. It's great. It's awesome. She does a great job. You learn so much in those just 45 minutes to an hour that she put out. You will be hooked. If you're in business, you will be hooked because I learn something new all the time. And, And again, I really appreciate you coming on our show. And I really, really, really appreciate you having your show and putting out the content that you put out. It, uh, it takes us to a whole new level. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me and for being dedicated listeners and all the times you've talked about it. I I really appreciate you guys. So thanks so much. All right, Melina. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get a hold of Melina, you guys know how. What was your email again, Melina? Melina at thebrainybusiness.com. 
thebrainybusiness.com. Check out our podcast. Uh, if you guys need me for anything, Hernan at csfirst.com or for all your insurance needs, James at csfirst.com. Follow us on our social at Business Bros Pod. And Melina, you do a live one, huh, every once in a while. I've been doing, yes, a live Facebook um, video every week, uh, typically Wednesday mornings at 8.30. And I answer questions live too. So if you did have a question and wanted to come join in, you can find me on Facebook at The Brainy Biz and uh, ask your questions and interact and See? Full of resources, free gifts, free time, great content. Thanks a lot, Melina. Thank you. All right, guys, that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.